Welcome to the God's Goodness Podcast, where our mission is to encourage as well as highlight God's goodness and modern-day miracles. We are your hosts, Josh and Shelley Hankins. Today we have with us a very special guest, and his name is Randy Henderson. He is one of the guests that my husband actually knows better than I do. And I, I know Randy's wife, but I don't know Randy as well. But Randy has been instrumental in our journey through this church, and he was just such an encouragement to my husband. And the Holy Spirit led me to ask him to be on this podcast so he can share whatever the Holy Spirit led him to share. So with that, we'll ask him to open us up with an opening prayer, and then we'll get into it. All right. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you that uh, you are Lord of all, and we thank you that we have this time here together that we can share. And uh, we just ask that you would guide our words, guide our thoughts, and uh, may this be a blessing to all of those out there. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you. So where would you like to start, Randy? Well, I was born in a small town. I don't remember it because I was very tiny. As I mentioned just briefly beforehand is that I... I had thought of doing one thing and now I'm just not going to do that because we got other things we can talk about. Absolutely. And men's ministry is is one of those things that has always been on my heart because guys, guys just don't do things, especially church guys. And everything is sports related in any anything. If we would do a men's breakfast and we would have a sports guy come and talk, We'll get 50 guys show up. John Cole. John Cole, there you go. And if we have a men's breakfast and Randy's going to talk, we'll get 20 guys. So guys like sports. And that's cool, but there are a lot of guys that don't like sports. I like sports, but I've grown up, and uh, I don't have to watch football anymore if I don't want to. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I, made, I made somebody happy, and I made somebody mad. But men like to get together with other men and men as christians are better when we're with other men mm -hmm. when we have that level of accountability with other guys when we know that we're going to see other guys on a regular basis especially outside of church that makes us more thoughtful it makes us think more about boy with uh what am i going to say when they ask me this or what am i going to say when they ask me that if i was you know, driving down the road and uh, somebody cuts me off and I'm leaning out my window yelling, swearing, and giving them the one finger salute. And somebody from the church drives by like, oh, look, hey, there's Randy. Hey, Randy, how you doing? And I'm like hanging out the window thinking, oh, yeah, hi, how are you guys? You sure have that one finger is your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was giving them the thumbs up, giving them a thumbs up. But having, knowing that, you know, there's other guys going to help hold you accountable is a good thing for guys. And... Many, many years ago, when I was uh, older than when I was first born, there was a group of guys that we got together with on a regular basis. And uh, back in the 90s, there was a thing called Promise Keepers. And uh, Promise Keepers was basically about guys getting together and being accountable with other guys. And uh, there was a lot of controversy back then. That it was belittling to women and things like that. But uh, that was not the case. Could it have been for some guys? Yeah, maybe. Because there are a lot of uh, misconceptions. How would it be belittling to women to have a bunch of men holding each other accountable? They do a lot of different things. But uh, there were people saying in the news and the media that it was men 
being overbearing, men belittling women and putting them in their place. You're the woman, stay in the kitchen, barefoot and pregnant, that kind of stuff. And without realizing that as men of God, you know, we need to treat our wives like Christ treats us. And Christ died for us, so we need to die for our wives. Mm-hmm. And we need to die to ourselves for our wives. And that's a very hard thing to do because we're all selfish. We all want to do what we want to do. So to be a guy where you're going to go home and you're going to yell and scream at your wife and know that these other guys that are friends of yours are going to see her and they're going to say to her, hey, how's Randy doing? Is he treating you well? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? And she's going to say, no, he was yelling and screaming at me. And then they'll come back to me and they'll say, Randy, what what are you doing? You can't yell and scream at your wife. And they can help you to not yell and scream at your wife. Mm-hmm. Iron sharpens iron. Iron does sharpen iron. And Ecclesiastes was our big, our big verse. And uh, oh, look, I just so happen to have it on this piece of paper here because I always forget it. But the two are better than one because they have a good return for the labor. If either one of them falls down, they can help the other one up. But pity the, anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how will one keep warm alone? And though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So to to have a a group of guys, and I'm not talking like 20 guys, I'm talking like a small group of guys, five guys, four guys, six guys, where you can talk about these kinds of things, talk about your struggles, talk about your daily grind, things that maybe you don't think you can talk to your wife about, you can talk to your guy friends about. And... uh, you know, there's a lot of things that girls talk about with other girls that they probably wouldn't talk about with their husbands or with other guys around. So they wouldn't be able to relate as well. Correct. Yeah, the struggles aren't the same. Yeah, they're very they're very different. There are struggles for both sides, but they're not. They're not. The, <laughs> I don't want to say that one side's easier. You really don't have problems like you guys do. And so do we. They're just different problems, and mm-hmm. so it seems really easy to trivialize somebody else's problem from a standpoint of misunderstanding. Yes, yes. And to know that, that God's always got your back. And with these guys being godly men, they've got your back. And then taking that from that small group, we took it out to the larger church. And then we helped other guys meet with other guys. We had other groups to start and to get those going. And as guys, we think, oh, man, I'm the only one that's struggling with this. I'm the only one that has these problems. And the more guys we talked with and the more guys that we got together with, the more we realized, oh, wait, every one of us has the same problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, there's two or three problems and it's every guy's problem. You know, sex, pornography, that's a big problem. Talking to your wife, being able to communication with your wife, that's those are the two biggest problems for men, being able to communicate with your wife and getting enough sex. And those are pretty much boils down to anything else. Any other problems you have, you know, people say finances. Well, yeah, but if you're happy at home, your finances don't really matter. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get by. You'll find a way, you know. God always makes a way. He does. He does. And uh, there's some stories we can share next time. But he he always has always provided for our, my family. And I have a powerful, prayerful wife. And it's, it's yeah, it matter. I'd be scared if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is she going to listen to this? Oh, man. I hope so. Sure. <laughs> I hope Probab so. Probably. Probably. Better, better watch what you say. Yeah. Better be careful. <laughs> it's hard for us to think about how we do things or how how we are seen by other people, especially the world. How does the world see you know angry, angry men? You know, the guys beating on doors here and there and kicking things down and stuff like that. Those are all things that people see in the world that attribute to us. So we need to have other guys around us to help us through all these things in life. So our, our work life, our church life. And uh, when I came to South Hills Assembly, oh my gosh, it's pushing, I think, 30 years now. And uh, there were guys here that I looked up to, and there were guys here that were very welcoming to me as a new guy in a church. I remember two in particular, Joe Burke and Jim Loises, and uh, these guys would be in the lobby every Sunday morning, and uh, Joe Burke was a big guy, and he would, anybody would come in, Josh like you, to shake hands, he'd wrap his arms around him, give him a big bear hug, uh, every guy. He wouldn't even know the guy, and he'd give him a big bear hug. You know, so, Hey, come on, we're having a breakfast, you know, come on over here. And they actively pursued other men to get involved with the men's ministry. And I was involved with other a couple other groups here at, at the church, but but the men's ministry was great because they like doing men stuff, you know. And yeah, sure, we'd, we'd get together and watch a Monday night football game. That was always fun, but the breakfasts were always really good too. <laughs> yeah, not everybody likes sports, but every man likes breakfast. Yeah. And Women very... do too. I'm a little jealous well, of the men's breakfast. But they're good. You should you should have some sometime. I do sneakers from back. Okay. So <laughs> you the, know this. The bacon is excellent. <laughs> you know um, I do. You see me leave with my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but without without other guys, you know, we we couldn't do that. You know, if we didn't have guys that would help to do that. And you know, shout out to Joey. Oh yes. He uh, he does all the cooking for the men's breakfast. Sean does most of the shopping for the men's breakfasts. Mike Medea makes sure we have everything, anything last minute. Boy, Mike's, Mike's got that covered. So if, if we didn't have a, a group of guys that did these things, we couldn't survive. You mm -hmm. know, we had a small get together just last night and uh, we had a root beer, hot dogs and game night. You know, so we got together, we played games, we drank root beers and we ate hot dogs. I mean, that's what guys do. You know, they get together, they hang out and they do stuff like that. And we had a blast. Um, it was snowy out, and there was a lot of guys that didn't make it because of the snow. I get yeah, that. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm one of them. Didn't make it. I was a big sissy. I didn't want to go out in it. But, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, total sissy. <laughs> I was a little girl yesterday. You wanted to stay cozy at the home. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go drive. You know, I have that nice rear-wheel drive vehicle, and I was like, uh, them snows get punky on them. I don't want to be spinning everywhere in it. So I wasn't born here. I was born in the desert. We didn't have this, and so I'm not totally comfortable. Even though I've been driving it for 30 years, you know, I'm still not comfortable in snow. I don't like it. Yes. I don't like anything about it except seeing it from my kitchen window while drinking a hot coffee. And hot coffee is always good too. If you can't have root beer, you got to have hot coffee, right? Yes. And if you can't have hot coffee, you got to have root beer. So <laughs> it's a wisdom. You can, you can write that down. You can quote me on that if you really want to. A thing with guys that I feel more prevalent than with women where we identify as who we are by what we do. Like, hey, Josh, I'm a painter. How are you? I paint things, you know? And Josh, you'd be like, I'm an EMT. I EMT things. Yeah, there you go. 
And I stop people from dying. <laughs> I try to. I'm not that successful. Well, I hope you're more successful if I'm there than dying. Well, no, I mean, honestly, my skill set is, you know, basic life support. And I, I tease the paramedics I work with and I say, I'm not a lifesaver. I'm a death prolonger. When you're doing CPR, the person is literally already dead. And I'm just prolonging their death long enough for someone with advanced life-saving skills to do something and intervene. And that's, so I just, how much is the death prolonger? I don't really save lives. I just keep them dead longer so someone can save their life. So they're not dead dead, they're just mostly dead. So men tend to identify as their occupation. And what we really need to start and look at is that it's not about that. It's not about what we do, it's about who we are and who we follow. And when we look in the mirror, we see a reflection of us. And I see Randy the painter when I look in the mirror. When we should see we should see Josh the Christian in the mirror. We should see Randy the Christian in the mirror. And we should identify ourselves as Christians first, and what we do doesn't matter. And as Christians, as Christian men, we need to be welcoming to other men. We need to be the ones that are slow to anger. We need to be the ones that are slow to judge. We need to be the ones that are not flying off the handle because something in the world happened, we should be the ones that are calm, cool, and collected. We should be the ones that people look at and say, wow, he's not all bent out of shape over this thing. How does he do that? And then we can say, well, that's because Jesus Christ lives within us. You're saying we should be the ones to set the example. We should be. And more often than not, the example that we set as Christian men is poor. <laughs> yeah. And, and the world looks at us and they say, well, if that's what Jesus Christ has to offer, I don't want that. Yeah, oh, wholeheartedly agree with that message. You know, there's like Muslim countries, they are very religiously political, right? They're, they're, they're theologian or theocracies, right? And so a lot of their culture is based solely on their religion being the government. And they look at our country the same way. Right. They, that's how they see it through their worldview. And then they see that we're a so-called Christian nation, but then we have movies that glorify uh, acts of violence against women, movies that glorify crime, movies that glorify murder, movies that glorify stealing cars and driving fast. And, and they, they look at that and this is what our Christian nation is all about. So this is what they equate Christianity to. So they're already having at odds just because of a poor worldview. And, and we're not making a good example as a Christian nation because we're not one anymore. Let's, let's be honest. We're not a Christian nation any longer, um, but we should be. And we can get there again if we adhere to what you're speaking about. If men lead by example again, if men take up the armor of God and put on their helmet of salvation, the sword of truth, right? And, and they stand the, the line as an example of what a man should be in America, which is a Christian godly man who doesn't speak out, who doesn't lash out, who doesn't judge, who doesn't react on emotion, but solely upon the spirit moving in him. And I know that you are the only person that I've met that actively is involved in a men's ministry in any church I've ever been to since coming to Christ 17 years ago. And I've been to many different churches, guests in some of them, but a member in others, and I've never seen a men's ministry ever, not once. And you're not even the first person to do it here. You said there was a couple of guys and they were yeah. they did outreach. 
And so there is an atmosphere of a men's ministry in this church to start with, and you've taken that mantle, which is an awesome responsibility, right? How much do they pay you for this? Oh, I get paid the big bucks. Yeah, zero. Okay, <laughs> perfect. And they so my salary last year. you clearly, you know, wow, that's pretty good. Uh, you clearly have a heart for this. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. You clearly have an obedience to Christ in this manner. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. I've met you, and I know that you are aloof at times. You're, you're a lot like me. Whereas if you don't have certain constant reminders, you'll forget something. You bet. And somehow you do this with a fervor. It's almost like spiritually you have the know that this is such an important thing for men, such an important outlet that I've never encountered it before, that you are the first person I've ever met at this church that openly agreed me, right? Well, I didn't know who you were then. I didn't know what you were the men's ministry master, right? I didn't, I didn't know anything about you and, and you welcomed me. And then you invited me to Adventure Fest. And then there was never a time where I did not feel welcome and warmed because of you. I mentioned it at a men's breakfast that this was this was a church that I could tell was full of the Holy Spirit just because of the interactions of the few people I'd met just coming in that, that, you know, Pastor Pete didn't know me and he welcomed me in. Randy didn't know me and he's, he's welcomed me to a place that to go out in the woods and camp with him without knowing if I'm a serial killer or, or what, you know, he knew nothing about me. Randy's he, up for that adventure. He's <laughs> up for it. He's, you didn't even know quality or caliber of a Christian I was. You didn't know where my faith was. You didn't know where my relationship with Jesus was. You didn't know where I was in my relationship with my wife or my family. And none of that mattered to you, right? The only thing that mattered was I was here in front of you in that moment and that you shared the love of Jesus with me through the way that he has blessed you in the men's ministry. And I really appreciated it. I know a lot of people hate getting accolades and, and things like that, especially Christian men, because we want God to have the glory and not the people. So, you know, praise God that he put you in this position and that you dutifully answered that. It has been a, such a blessing that, you know, I didn't even, why would you even ask me to speak at the men's breakfast, you know? And I don't like well, sports. We a big chance on that one. Yeah, you did. Man, you, and that was a pretty big turnout for there me not being, maybe, maybe they didn't know I wasn't a sports person. You know, he's built like a linebacker. So maybe that was it. We told him Terry Bradshaw was going to be there. Oh, yeah. I got I have a little bit more hair than Terry. Yeah. And no shade on poor Terry Bradshaw. He's a great, great guy, uh, funny guy. But, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the way you reached out. And as a direct result of that first Adventures Fest where I got to sit and you guys all went up to their, their little lodge or whatever it was to, to listen to something. I said, hey, I just want to stay back here. And I just want to, I want, I just want to have a conversation with God and the quiet and the peace under the stars. And nobody really gave me any flack about it. Like, okay, have a good time, right? Nobody forced me to do anything I didn't want to do. And I appreciated that too. And as a result of that, I was able to, to reconnect with God in a way that I hadn't been connected with him in, in almost a year mm-hmm. and, and lay hands on my son within two days and, and God removed OCD from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to reiterate that that is the impactful part of the men's ministry is that through the love, through the the acceptance and through the bonding with other men, I was able to connect with God again in a way that allowed my son to be healed of OCD. That to me speaks volumes for how important a men's ministry is in a church. And it boggles my mind why more churches don't do it. It just takes somebody to stand up and say, we need to eat bacon together and get the ball rolling. And every, every man is, is equipped differently. 
you know, we're all all built a certain way. We all do certain things. And for me to to be the guy that just blabs a lot and says, "Hey, come and eat food with us," that's the way God made me. And He's made Joey a great cook. <laughs> so, so Joey, thanks for the bacon again. Yeah, also thanks made Joey a Browns fan. So, yeah, well. Everybody has their faults, and we all have to work through them. I actually like a Browns fan. <laughs> it shouldn't matter whether we're Browns fans or Steelers fans. It shouldn't matter whether we're, we're a Christian or we're a non-Christian. It shouldn't matter whether whatever, or black or white, whatever. It shouldn't matter. You know, we're, we're people. We're all people. And if we can't see people for being people and we can't be welcoming to those people, you know, it's always interesting to be there in the, in the lobby and and look and see somebody stand there with their with the glazed look on their eyes and they're like what's going on here and you're like i don't think they've ever been here before so you go over and you're like hey how you doing come on in let's what are you looking for what do you need and again some people are equipped to do that kind of stuff and some people aren't my wife is is not the one to be out there and say you know to be that that vocal out front I'm not the one that's going to plan a huge event and have all my ducks in a row. I would be the guy I'm blabbing. <laughs> and that's why I'm here with a microphone, because I'm just blabbing, blah, blah, blah. But you show up and you get it done with a team. We do. We do. And it, and it is a team. But it does take somebody to just say, hey, we need to do this. I'm tempted to do that for the ladies, because we don't, they say, oh, we have all these events, but um, I would disagree a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, she's mad jealous. And, and literally, until I came here, I was always jealous because churches had events for women. But it's the same frequency as it is here. Like, it's not like for the men. The men's are every, every as, as often as we can make it. Like, I think if we could afford it, it'd be one every week. And Well, March will be a big month. I think there's three men's events in March. Wow. So, and again, the, the conversation with the leadership group was, well, can we have three events in a month? And so we have a breakfast there's a conference at another church, and then there's a uh, bowling night. And the guys that want to go for a bowling night are probably not the guys that want to go for a conference. Some of the guys that are going for the conference might be more of the guys that want to just have breakfast. And if we have one event, we'll get a third of the guys. If we have three events, we'll get different guys going to each different event, and and that gives them a choice to do something that they would like to do with other guys that are from here at the church and get mm -hmm. to know each other guys better. I know, Josh, the one thing, you, you didn't really like the, the van ride, but uh, the van ride out to Adventure Fest or the van ride to a conference or something like that, I think sometimes is better than the actual conference or the thing you're going to do because you're in a van talking with a bunch of guys. And, I mean, all kinds of topics come up, you know. So mm -hmm. whether you want them to or not, sometimes. <laughs> well, to be fair, I wasn't a big fan of the van ride because I just got off a twenty-four-hour shift and I was tired. That is true. And I literally just wanted everyone to be quiet. You His to cup was empty. And you know, I had the guy next to me playing the harmonica, and I was like, "Oh, Jesus, <laughs> help me!" And the other guy in front of him, who was older and could barely hear, and he's like, "What? What? A lot?" And I'm, and I'm. You know, Wait, I'm that just, was me, wasn't it? No, no, you were fright, you were oblivious. You had the radio on, you're just <laughs> do, 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 and I and I just wanted to bury my head under my sleeping bag. It was rough. So I drove the next year. There you go. Yeah. Problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> but you got there. But it was afforded, right? And there was a ride, and I didn't have to drive. And that's another detail that you added to make it easier for people. It's just not my cup of tea. Doesn't mean it isn't good for everybody. And you were just 
I think you're outstanding in what you do for the church. Um, you're outstanding for what you do the men of the church. You are a very, very recognizable face of South Hills Assembly. Sometimes um, that's scary. It is. Yeah, no crimes for you because everyone knows who you are. For better or for worse, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And and everybody knows who your wife is, so you got to be on your best behavior because she will find out immediately. Yes. Yes, she will. Yes, she will. Uh, but I wouldn't have anybody else. So Apparently, she wouldn't either. Well, maybe every now and then. But God has said that we have to love each other. We don't have to like each other every day, but we do have to love each other every day. It's and commitment that makes that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are days where she doesn't like me you know, today. She doesn't like me today. So, But she loves me, and that's okay. There are days my wife doesn't like me. I'm actually almost certain it's 50-50. I think some days it's 70-30 one direction and 70-30 the other direction. So, But as guys, we need to, to find out, and that's, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. You know, when we're, we're equipped certain ways to do ministry, and that's completely different than, than a marriage. <laughs> yeah. No, no. When you're, when you're ministering to a group of men, it is completely different because women do not speak the same language as men. They don't hear the same language as men. They don't see the things that we see and vice versa. You know, and that's probably why we look like idiots to our wives and we don't understand why our wives don't understand us because we could say the exact same thing and hear two different things. And I think it's important for us to realize that never do we mean something horrible, right? Very we don't serious. wake up thinking, mm, how can I stick it to my wife today? <laughs> well, I know I won't undo. I won't wipe the snow off her car. <laughs> That'll learn her, right? Nobody wakes up with those thoughts. Oh, I don't say nobody. I bet there is somebody out there. But for the most part, a good-willed Christian man and a good-willed Christian woman do not wake up with thoughts of vengeance in their mind of how they're going to get their spouse. That's a little off topic for the men's. And I, I, again, I want to reiterate that the men's ministry that you do here is phenomenal. That it exists at all is phenomenal. Again, you don't, I don't know if you realize how many churches you've been around and gone to, but this is a rare breed to have a men's ministry to be so consistent. The women's ministry that I've seen here is about consistent to every church I've been to where they do something like once every two or three months. And I know my wife has stressed that she would, and she's even making a little face right now, but she gets a little jelly about the every every month thing with the men, you know. And Well, there was a guy, Pastor Pastor Greg Nass, and uh, he's the guy that started Adventure Men Ministries. And uh, that's where Adventure Fest came out of. Uh, Adventure Fest is a, uh, a one-year annual event. It's a weekend of camping and and fun and fellowship and uh, doing all kind of man stuff, mountain biking, kayaking, hiking, climbing, throwing bicycles. The Huffy Toss yeah, is a standard yeah. event there. So that's always a fun one. Who can throw the Huffy bike the furthest? Potato, I, I, cannons, archery. I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things that go on Adventure Fest. But, but Greg Nass would told, tell a group of guys when he would be speaking, he'd be like, what is your passion? What do you like to do? Make that your ministry. And if you do that, then you'll 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 love ministry. And we we do have a good church here. And you know, I can give kudos to South Hills Assembly. It has its faults. Every church does. There's people in it. You know, that's one of the faults. Because people are inherently flawed. <laughs> people are flawed. Yeah, they're a church that they'll let you do things and they'll let you try things. And at the time, I'm one of those guys. I I like to do model building. And I was like, I'd like to do a class to show guys 
or other people, anybody, how to build models. And they're like, sure. So they let me have a class on how to build models. So I had a class of six people, old, young, men, women, and taught them how to build a little house. So we all built little houses and it was fun. You know, it was it was great that a church let me do that. And from that, I got to meet a couple guys and you know, we're friends to this day because of that kind of stuff. So find something you like to do. Find a guy or two that like to do that too and do that. And then Josh, if there's something you like to do, come to Randy and say, Randy, I like to do this thing. I'm like, okay, well, how can we make an event out of that? <laughs> you know, and we can we can make an evening out of it. You know, we I like to play games. My family likes to play games. My son-in-law and uh, daughter, uh, they probably got a hundred games in their closet, you know, and they're always buying more. You know, at Christmas between the, my three kids and their significant others and us, we got nine new games. So let's play games. I was like, hey guys, you know what? Let's play games here at the church. So we played games here at the church, you know. And was it the games that was the most fun? They were fun games, yeah. But hanging out with the other guys, laughing mm-hmm. and joking and, and just sharing with each other was great. Because I, like I said, iron sharpens iron. And uh, you can't be stodgy and you can't be down when you're having hot dogs and root beers with a group of guys. It is tough. Now, Josh had mentioned that you have an amazing testimony. So can you give us like a brief little testimony? Because I have not heard it yet. And my listeners haven't either, I'm sure. Wow. I could probably, I guess I could share that with you. I was a good Catholic boy out here in in, uh, in Western Pennsylvania. We've had a lot of Catholics, yeah. you know, in the so church, including in Pastor Rick, yeah. Pastor Pete, lots of well, Pastor Pete's Italian, so that's a given. Yeah. <laughs> I was an odd Catholic, I will say that. I read my Bible. I asked questions. I once asked the priest, uh, why, why do I have to confess to you? It says here in my Bible that I could confess to the Lord. And he's like, you know, three Hail Marys, go, go get going, you know, get out of here. So uh, I was an ab- abnormality even then. <laughs> Just a troublemaker. Just a troublemaker, yeah. My wife would agree with that too, troublemaker. So confession was one of those things I was like, hmm, this just doesn't make sense. And then uh, there was a situation where my brother was getting married and the girl was not of the Catholic faith. And they wanted the priest to be there with her pastor so they could get married with both of them being there. I thought that was that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. But the priest wouldn't be there. He said he wouldn't be there. And then he said that, well, you needed to get a letter from the cardinal or the pope to say that you're allowed to do this because you're marrying inside of the faith. And I'm thinking, well, God's a bigger guy than these guys. And if he's okay with it, then they should be okay with it. But, you know, they've, they've got their reasons. So they, they've been doing it for thousands of years. So I guess they have some good reasons somewhere along the way there. But I, that was another one of those things to me that was like, hmm, that's interesting. So then I was able to, uh, when I went out to the Art Institute, I, uh, left my little town of uh, South Fayette there, which was very small at the time. It's much larger now. And uh, I went off and uh, got to meet people that weren't from my school, that weren't from around. And uh, met a guy named Tim Walker. And Tim Walker introduced me to Petra, which was an early, early Christian band, which was pretty cool. So I got to know Tim Walker, and he was one of the first guys that told me about Jesus Christ. And I was like, well, this is, this is pretty cool. And it was one thing led to another. And I met this girl at the Art Institute then after Tim Walker. And uh, she read her Bible all the time. And 
she was cute. And I was like, this girl's pretty nice. And eventually I wound up uh, chatting with her and trying to get to go out with her. And she wouldn't go out with me because I was not a Christian. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm Catholic. Isn't that right? And this is kind of getting into our story and, and maybe she should be here for this. But, uh, but suffice it to say, she wouldn't go out with me, uh, but she gave me her Bible. And she told me to, to read that Bible and that Christ loved me. And, and that impacted me because I saw her reading her Bible from time to time. And before classes, after classes, I would see her reading that Bible. So I knew it meant something to her. And I know I had a Bible that my mom gave me. And that meant something to me, as goofy as that was. And I said, huh, there's supposed to be something, something to this. And she said, but if you, if you have any questions or if you want to go to church with me, you know, and I'm thinking, well, it's a chance for me to get with this girl. So yeah, I'll go to church for you. And we went to a little place called Wildwood Chapel up in Aliquippa, PA. It was a true Pentecostal church, dancing in the aisles kind of church. So I was like, huh. But that was different for That you. was different from being Catholic. It was very different, yeah. It was kind of neat. I, I, okay, this is very interesting. So things proceeded and I asked more questions and, and I was starting to think to myself, hmm, there's something to this. And when it, it came down to it, I was going to go to church with her again on a Wednesday night. I'm thinking, you know, Lord, all right, I've read stuff in this book of yours and we've talked. So how do I get to know you better? If I want this relationship with you, how do I get to know you better? So I picked up Sherry. We went to this little church and the pastor gets up there and he says, all right, and blah, blah, blah. And we start singing songs and, and the songs are about getting to know him better, getting to know Jesus better, getting to know God better, getting to be a, a and I'm like, wait a minute, wait, hold on about, hold on for a minute. So then the pastor gets up after the worship and he's like, you know, my sermon is about getting to know Jesus better. And speaking of that, there's somebody here that's thinking to themselves, I need to know Jesus better. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's me. And before my Sherry knew this, I was standing up going like, hey, that's me. And uh, we're like, well, come on down. So I went on down and, and that was all there was to it. So I got set up by God. You know, Jesus was like, oh, we're gonna get this one today. And uh, he set me up good. He it, set me up good. It, did set you up it was good. it was without a doubt. I mean, the words that I had in my head, I mean, came out of three different people at, at that at that church on that night. And as soon as they said, Who is that? I was like, it was obvious. I mean, I was like, I don't see anybody else here, it must be me. And then from there, uh, that girl was smart and she's like, Well, you still can't see me, you know, because you got to have a relationship with him before you have a relationship with me. And, and I got that and I got that. But I convinced her eventually because we've been married now for over 30 years. So I think I might have proven my case. And again, I love her and I love her every day. We don't like each other every day, but loving each other every day is the key. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to compare love on a daily basis because Yesterday, I'm pretty sure I made her mad. And today, she might love me more than she ever has in her life. There you go. And so, I'm not saying she does. You know, she might, I don't know, I didn't ask. I'm really bad at interpreting her moods, and that's why she gets mad at me. And then men are like, well, 
this girl at work though she she's always nice to me and this girl at work she's she always looks nice and my wife she was all ratty and i went home the other day and she had on one slipper she had one red slipper on i was like where's the other slipper at and you think to yourself well this girl's got high heels on she's got nice clothes now okay I'm, I'm going back i'm dating myself because when i was in work in offices everybody dressed up so it's a little different these days but you know guys wore suits or ties a shirt and tie you know girls wore skirts or dresses and that's the way society was back then and so you think to yourself well that girl always looks good and she's always nice to me but you only see her for part of the day you're not living with her you're not doing things with her and then you compare her to your wife at home and then you're like well this one's better and then you maybe have lunch with them and then they oh i understand and, and again it can happen the other way around too with women and men but i think it happens more often that men are the, are the culprits because they get drawn into this imagination this fantasy that this girl is somehow better than than this one and your wife has little kids hanging off her and she smells like baby formula and her hair is a mess <laughs> and she's got one red slipper on you know and you think well this girl over here is great but then then you you go like well i'll go be with this girl then because this girl's great and then you go with that girl and you get rid of that one and then you got all kinds of problems with kids and you got all kinds of problems with this and that but this other girl she's nice right so then then you get together with her and then she has a kid and then then she starts not getting her hair done because you're with her more often you're with her in the morning now and and then you come home one day and she's got one red slipper on so you got your back to where you started but with heartache in between with heartache in between and now you've disrupted the lives of children you've disrupted the lives of other people my heart goes out to people that that have problems that, that have a husband wives that have husbands that abuse them and stuff like that that's there's no call for that anywhere anyhow but to leave a relationship for reasons that are not that drastic and hopefully i'm saying this right on the radio here but guys need to be accountable for what they're doing mm -hmm. and if you're abusive to your wife there's there's no place for that 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 can't be tolerated but women if the guys just ignoring you and the guys just being a guy then you guys need to work on that I, you know just because you're not getting along one day doesn't mean we got to end this oh, absolutely if today's culture is i'm not happy now therefore everything is over now and, and nobody ha plays the long game you know you started the conversation with us talking about promise keepers and, and men holding men accountable and it looks like we keep drifting back into that that area so is yeah. there anything on your heart that wants to bring something like the promise keepers or the the randy facsimile or the the south hills assembly facsimile of a promise keepers <laughs> like you know like where you pair off with an accountability buddy or whatever for a man and i'm not opposed to obviously women doing it for women but we're talking about you and men for starting a program up again where a man can hold man accountable and iron can sharpen iron again, other than just those men's breakfast, because those are like feel good moments, right? right. We're talking to right. feel good. But what about like talking to a man like, hey, Randy, I've been struggling lately and I've had these dark thoughts about doing something that I shouldn't do. And, and Randy's like, well, man, I'm glad you came to me. Let's read some scripture. Or, you know, I'm not really sure how it was even structured. But is there any plans on, on, on that coming back or resurfaced? Because I think that's also very important, especially 
considering that it seems to be very heavy on your heart. Yes. I mean, uh, Pastor Peter, he'd, he'd love to have our own men's retreat, which hopefully someday we can get that, get that going, because I think that'd be a lot of fun. But ultimately, we think that small groups of men where we can get and you know, when having a game night, having breakfasts, having bowling nights, those are all to get men acquainted with each other to the point where they're like, well, this guy has some similarities. I could hang out with this guy. And then you get to know him better. And then that, that's what small groups would be for. And you, you can't have more than five guys in a small group because then there's just, there's not enough time. And when we did Promise Keepers, we were an abnormal group and that most groups would meet for an hour and a half or so and once a week, and that was it. We would meet after eight o'clock because that's when two of us had kids and our kids would go to bed at eight o'clock. So once the kids were in bed, we would head out the door and we would go to our Promise Keepers group. And there were nights where we were there until after midnight. We would praise and worship together. We would pray together. We would, we would talk and we got to know each other. <laughs> it's funny because there's still, there was one guy there who didn't talk as much as all the rest of us. And it wasn't, for, I think, I think it was two years that we were together before I found out that he had been married before. And he didn't tell anybody this. <laughs> and it took him two years of meeting with us on a regular basis. And we all went to church together. Uh, we all met with in our group and we would do events at the church together and we would also hang out with our families sometimes. So we would see each other two to three times a week. So we got to know each other fairly well, and it still took him two years to open up enough to say that, wow, you know what, guys, I was married before. Massive trust issues. Yeah, but guys are very guarded, and guys are very quiet, and guys don't use as nearly as many words as girls do. And if, if they've talked at work on the phone a little bit, they're done by the time evening comes, <laughs> you know. And the wife, if, if she was not at an office or not with other people talking, she's got a lot of words yet that she wants to use up yet. For sure. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we became very well acquainted with each other. We became very accountable to each other. We're in different parts of the world now. You know, our, our first group, one of the guys is still close by. We, we still do things together. Uh, another one's over in India. Another one's on the other side of the country. So, so we've, we've kind of spread out a little bit, but we'll always be brothers in Christ. That's awesome. Yeah, I would be interested in, in something of that nature just because I need help. <laughs> As we all do, Josh. I don't just need help being accountable, but I need, like I've said before, I have a hard time keeping friends because I forget to call people just because of the nature of my neurodivergence. And so somebody else needs to be the bigger person and call me first or I'll never communicate. But if I have a set day that I can plug into my calendar that I can do every week, then eventually it becomes a pattern for me. And it's not as hard to forget. It's, it's very easy to remember once it's established as a pattern, but it just takes a yeah. little bit for that pattern to root hold. And it would be very beneficial to people like me who need men to sharpen him, right? Not just coming to church on a Sunday, you know, and then I only do three Sundays with the men, and then I have, I have to sharpen little kids on what, which sounds dangerous to make these little kids pointy objects for their homes, right? And obviously, I don't mean it that way, but you know, receiving in three of these days, and you're pouring out on one of those days, and I'm not receiving what I need to all the time. I might receive a good message, I might receive a good word, I might receive something that's beneficial, but it's not something that is inherently beneficial as me as a man that benefits me as a man that 
furthers me along in my manhood and to be more intelligent with how I represent myself emotionally and physically. And so I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. I could be a better uh, son to my parents, right? And so I'm curious, mostly for me, right? I'm asking these questions for me because I would like to be plugged in. And so I was just curious if, if you did make those plans, if you had those plans available, and if so, is there any mention or any way that you would want to, because I think this men's ministry is great, to reach out to other churches and encourage them to do the same things. Because, we, we, you know, we're not just the South Hills Assembly. We're all Christians. We're all brothers in Christ. We're all sisters in Christ. We're all underneath the umbrella of Christ, right? And, you know, a lot of people get messed up when they want to consider the, the you know, hey, we're all the body of Christ. Well, I'm the mouth of Christ. You know, we're evangelical. Oh, we're the, we're the eyes of Christ. We're the Baptist. Oh, we're the feet of Christ, you know? And, and none of that matters to Christ, right? None of that matters. And so we're all in this together. And I was just asking, if you're the guy that would be willing to hook up with other guys in other churches even, to just get a Western Pennsylvania going in revival for men. Well, the, uh, the mouth can't go anywhere without feet to take it there. I think we would probably, no, well, to answer the question bluntly, no, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten that far yet. I think if we can get a couple groups going, that would be great, you know, and then we could, we could go from there. But, you know, if, if that's what God wants and that's Lord's will, and he's going to bring that to pass and he'll bring a few feet here that will come into the men's ministry and we'll be like, hey, we can take these, we can walk these over here and we can walk these over there. And if they want to walk me over there and make me blab, then I, I can do that. I'm willing to do that. If they want to walk me over to this place and say, welcome to these guys, you know, I can do that. I can be available for that because that's what God has made me to do. So just pray for feet. And wisdom. And wisdom, yes, yes. But again, we have we have a good leadership here at the church. And anything that is, is outreach related, anything that is related to getting anyone at the church more involved and help them grow closer in their relationship to Christ, they're open to that. They're open to that. And if anybody has any questions, they can just say, hey, Randy, because I'll be running around the lobby blabbing every Sunday morning. Every single one. Well, except for when I'm not here. Then I'm yeah. blabbing. Then I'm blabbing somewhere else, you know, blabbing somewhere else. Thank you so much for being with us today. That was Thanks was for having me. Good. We need strong men and to lead us. We can't just go around all willy-nilly. Well, of course, the Holy Spirit guiding everybody. But anyway, if you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you pass it along to someone else so it can be an encouragement to them. And if you'd like to come alongside us and help with our audio editing expenses, we have a fundraising campaign in givesandgo.com and just look up God's Goodness Podcast and you'll be able to give there. And then we'll talk to you next time.